All we on? Hello. Excellent. Um, so today we're going to be following on from what Rich spoke about last week. So it's all part of our Growing Family um, series. And we're going to be looking particularly today at a vision for the youth. So as you know, we are undertaking a huge project next door. We're doubling our footprint. And we've bought the... Um, building, um, from what I understand, primarily for kids and youth. Apparently feed gets a little bit, but I don't know about that. Um, so, but actually the reality is, as I look around the church, I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed by the lack of space we have for youth. We have a room that is in that back corner, probably about half the size of this stage, maybe the size of this stage if we're lucky, um, and we cram every week so many into them and we kind of tuck the youth away. We've invested huge amounts of money in our staff that work with the youth and in resources we provide for the youth, but actually they've never yet had a place that they can call home. So we're going to today look at this vision for the youth. So let me pray and then we'll carry on. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing here in your church. I thank you that you have given us vision for feed, for the youth, for all the ministries that happen here as a church. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us a provision of next door to expand our footprint, to provide more for our church, for your people, for your kingdom. And I pray that this morning you would just give us a glimpse of your glory, that you would show us the vision for the youth. Amen. So those of you that have got um, kids um, will know that whenever you ask them how something has gone, so when, when my kids come home from school, um, I'll ask them, how, how's school today? And normally you get the word fine. And that, that's about it. So you expect a kind of nice, long, well, I did this, I did that, but no, you get the word fine. And then as they transition into youth, you're lucky if you get a grunt. <laughs> How was today? <laughs> and that, that is about it. That's about all you get. If you're, a, if you're a parent of a teenager, you'll be laughing slightly harder than everyone else. Um, so what we thought we would do is we would just show, us a little, um, show you a little reality of what youth is like. We've put a video together. Simon, who comes along to the church, um, he's got his own film company and he's um, given us some of his time and, and stuff and he's put this video together to show you what youth is really like, both from the parents' point of view and the youth. So let's roll that video. Excellent, wasn't that great? 
So youth is a lot of fun. I, I love working with youth. I've worked with youth probably, I was, I was thinking about this this week, probably since I was about 15 or 16, I started working with the 11 to 14 groups at my church. Um, and then as I grew older, I kind of progressed working with the older youth as well. Now, I'm sure you're looking at me thinking, actually, Kev, that's not many years you've been working with them, but actually it's 15. Um, so you'll be surprised. Um, but you might actually hear people say that the youth are the church of the future, they're the future leaders. And while in some ways that is true, I actually think they are the church now. End of it. See, there's there's so many youth here that they are part of the church, they are the leaders of today. And we need to invest in them, we need to disciple them accordingly, giving them that respect that they are the church, they are Um, leaders of today. See, it's really interesting, as you flick through God's word, there are many teenagers that God uses through the Bible for his purposes. I'm going to highlight just a few now. Classic story, David and Goliath. The boy David, um, he used to defeat Goliath um, in battle. He was just a boy at the time. Samson, now many of you will be sitting there thinking Samson was a man, and yes, he was. But actually, Samson was the last judge that God appointed. He was captured, um, his hair was cut, which meant he became weak, um, and he was put in chains. His eyes were taken out, so he couldn't see. He, one day, the, um, he was brought out by the Philistines to entertain them, and he was chained up. And if you read carefully in the scriptures, you will see there's um, a little bit that says he asked his servant to put his hands on the pillars of um, where he was. And some versions say servant, some say boy, some say lad. So then um, Samson was able to push down um, the pillars and take vengeance on the Philistines. So God used a lad to um, bring about his purposes. As we jump into the New Testament, feeding the 5,000, another classic where you've got a young boy who brings the um, bread and the fish for Jesus to do that amazing miracle and feed so many people. Probably one of the most significant teenagers in the Bible is Mary, mother of Jesus, who at age 15 or 16 gave birth to the Son of God, the person who changed our world as we know it. So God uses teenagers throughout scriptures to use, to complete his works. And sometimes we just pop them to one side, which I think um, can be quite sad. And I was chatting to Chris earlier this week when um, we were talking about this talk, and he said um, that at his car club, there's a veteran from the war there, and he was a um, tank commander when he was just 19, and he led a squadron up the beaches at D-Day. And I did some more searching online just to kind of see... Um, what else is out there story-wise. And there were countless stories of teenagers who fought in the war for their country, some as young as 14 who lied about their age um, so that they could do something for their country. They became heroes, and yet they were teenagers. And as I say, sometimes we do tend to kind of think our youth will become leaders when they're adults. Actually, when you're a little bit older, come back to us and we'll, we'll get you doing some teaching. Or maybe when you're a bit older, we'll take note of you, is sometimes the philosophy. And I really think that has to change. We have to start investing into our youth, equipping them, releasing them, training them, discipling them um, to 
face this modern world as we know it, to be the leaders of the church, to be the church. Okay, as we're doing youth, we're going to do a little bit of interactive stuff, so I hope it's not going to make you too, feel uncomf- too uncomfortable. Coming up on the screen is a, is a picture of three teenagers, okay? What do they all have in common? So we've got Harry Potter, we've got Luke Skywalker, and we've got Frodo Baggins. All got brown hair. That's, that's okay. Thank you, Mark. Um, what else do they have in common? Sorry? They're heroes, that's true. All fostered, okay, true. They're all boys, that's true. That's not what I'm looking for. Sorry? Defeated evil, that's true, but not what I'm looking for. Okay, I'll tell you. Behind each and every one of them is, let's go for it, Matt, a youth worker. (laughs) There is a youth worker that is behind them, that is mentoring, that is discipling, that is pointing them in life. And today, this is what all our youth workers look like. No, no, it's not, it's not. Uh, Yeah, I need to grow a big beard. But today we're going to actually look at this kind of mentor-mentee relationship in the Bible. And we're going to look at Paul, the mentor, and we're going to look at Timothy, the mentee. And there's going to be four points that I'm going to talk on this morning that will look at this relationship between Paul and Timothy. And it will help us hopefully understand why we need to invest in our youth and encourage us hopefully to get involved. So we first hear um, about Timothy when Paul is on his second missionary trip um, in Acts. So Paul, at this point, he picked Timothy out. So let's read from Acts chapter 16, um, starting at verse 1. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where the disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was was Jewish and a believer and whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they knew that his father was a Greek. And as they travelled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers." See, Paul had heard about this teenager, Timothy. Um, Everyone liked him. They spoke well of him. He was renowned. We see that in verse 2. So Paul, seeing the potential in Timothy, he decides, actually, I want him on my team. He goes along, he picks him up, and he takes him on his missionary journey. He puts him to work straight away. We can assume that from what these verses um, say. So as they went, as, so verse four, as they travelled from town to town, so we can know Timothy is there. They delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So Timothy was there. He was ministering. He was part of it. He was the they that is talking about there. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. There was church growth from what Paul was doing um, and his merry men, along with a teenager. Timothy. So Timothy was actively ministering. If he was here at the vineyard, he would definitely be on the ministry team. I should also imagine he'll be on a kids team somewhere. I don't know why, he just would be. Um, But as a teenager, 
he was there ministering to adults. In chapter 17 of Acts, Paul leaves Timothy um, and Silas. So Timothy, still as a teenager, he's separated from his mentor, but is still ministering to the church. So Paul picked Timothy. He saw the potential in him as a teenager. He didn't wait till he was an adult and say, okay, now I will pick him. He saw the potential in him as a teenager. He picked him and he used him. So second point, Paul the parent. Paul writes to Timothy in the letters of 1 and 2 Timothy in the Bible. So they have a correspondent um, relationship. And we're going to then focus mainly now on 1 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, it will come up on the screen as well. Flick to 1 Timothy. So 1 Timothy 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. See, Paul refers to Timothy as a true son in the faith. So Paul is a mentor, but he's also a spiritual parent. He sees himself as a parent. He sees Timothy as a son. And I've had the privilege of being a spiritual parent to many young people over the years. And some I meet regularly with, and we chat, and I listen, and I try and guide them, and and, um, give them some advice, point them to Jesus. And I remember one day, there was, um, I was at youth here, we, were, um, we had some stuff going on in the downstairs conference room, and one of, there was a lad that came in, and I could see there was something clearly wrong with him, um, so I decided um, that I would just um, sit down as a spiritual parent, and I would have a chat with him. So I said to him, so how's things? Um, and it was at that point that he just started crying, and he started sharing how he'd um, been self-harming. And... It was really hard. It was really tough to have this, this, this young teenager pouring out his heart. Um, I started crying. He was crying. It was all very messy. Um, but I listened to him. I listened to how hard life was for him as to why he got to that point. Um, and then I pointed him to Jesus. I was able to say to him, look to Jesus. Jesus will give you everything that you need. After that day, he stopped that self-harming. He became stronger in his faith, and he was changed. Why? Because at that point, he had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus changed him. And it was a privilege that I, as a spiritual parent almost, could be that signpost, could be that person that says, hey, actually, yeah, life is tough. I can see that. But let's look to Jesus. Let's look to Jesus for everything you need. And I actually look back and I think, if I hadn't have had that conversation, if I hadn't have been there at that point, where would he be today? See, being a spiritual parent is amazing, but it's so, and so important. Now, many of us may be sitting here thinking, it's okay for Paul to be a spiritual parent. He was a great man. Um, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't be um, um, a spiritual parent to the youth. I'm not good enough. But actually, if we carry on reading in Timothy, we see um, a glimpse of where Paul is at. And actually, the word that Richard gave just after the worship, I think, is quite apt as well um, about coming home. And actually, God is saying it's okay. So we're going to pick up in um, 1 Timothy 1, starting at verse 12. 
I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord Jesus was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith um, and love that are in Christ Jesus. So Paul is basically saying in this passage, he's saying, I thank God who gives me strength. He looks to God for everything. God considers him trustworthy. He has given him this ministry to build his kingdom. But actually, Paul says, I wasn't a nice person. I wasn't a nice person at all, but Jesus showed me mercy. He poured out his grace to me on the cross. Jesus forgave me. And therefore, he says, I'm worthy to be a son of God. And that then makes him worthy to be a spiritual parent to Timothy. So we in this room, all of us, we've had that same grace poured out upon us. God considers us trustworthy, despite of our mistakes, to be spiritual parents to the youth and those around us. So church, I say, let's not sit around and wait for somebody to get involved with the youth. Um, But let's stand up and be counted and get involved, just as Paul did. He seized the opportunity in front of him. We're going to carry on reading 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teaching comes through hypocritical liars whose um, consciences have been sneered as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is rejected with thanksgiving, because it's consecrated by the word um, of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the, um, the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus. So remember, he's still talking to Timothy. Nourished on the truth of the faith and of the good teachings that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have poured out our hope on the living God, who is the savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, um, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So the next point that we're going to look at is that Paul points Timothy to the word and to Jesus. So Paul 
throughout the letters is constantly reminding Timothy that he's got to be godly. He has to, he mustn't have anything to do with, um, it says, um, myths or old wives' tales in verse 7. He reminds him to train, not physically, but spiritually, staying focused on Jesus and keeping him focused on the Bible and on God's word. Paul, in verse 10, reminds us that we labor and we strive because we've put our hope in the living God, our Savior, the person who will bring us into eternity, spotless and blameless. See, Paul says to Timothy in verse 12, he says, yes, you are young, you're a teenager, but don't let anybody look down on you because you are young. You are a leader, he was saying. You are the church, he was saying. He wasn't saying you'll be a future leader, but don't let anybody look down on you. He wasn't saying one day you'll be part of the church, but don't let anybody look down on you. He was saying you are those things right now. And yes, you are young, you are a teenager. Paul encourages him to stay focused on the gifts that he has given him. When the elders laid, it says, when the elders laid hands on you and prayed for you. And a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of going with the youth to Soul Survivor, the summer festival. And again, it was just such an honor to be able to serve them, to be able to be there with them at that festival. And there are a few youth leaders at Soul Survivor, those of you that know anything about it, but the majority of the 10,000 people that are there are teenagers. And so often in the meetings, I would sit back and I would watch as the youth would look around and they would start to see God doing something in their, in their friends, in their peers around them. So if they weren't responding to the ministry at that point, then I just saw these youth get up and start ministering to those people around them. And it was that point that it almost brought tears to my eyes when you saw them go over to those that they didn't even know because they saw God doing something and they wanted to support their brothers and sisters in faith and pray for them. So there I was. I wasn't like, hey, I'm the youth leader. I've got to come in and do all this. I've got to be the one praying. I'm the adult in this situation. I sat back and I just watched as they ministered. And yes, I was there to guide them. I was there to help them. So there'll be points when I would say, actually, why don't you just, I'd whisper into one of their ears, I'd say, why don't you just ask God for a picture? Ask God for a word that will encourage them, that will build them up. And then I would just leave them to do that. Or, and there were times when God was doing some wacky things. And um, there was, um, I remember once there was a, a, a guy that um, was on the floor. Um, and I said to the, the youth that were praying, there were a couple of our youth that were praying, I said to them, it's okay. Just stay with them, pray with them, lay your hands on them, and just keep pointing them to Jesus. Give them whatever God puts into your mind. It may be a simple word, it may be a picture, it may be a verse of scripture. But just guiding them and helping them, discipling them, helping them to minister as the church. And it was amazing to see it. It was amazing to see how they just did it. And I would love to see more of that here in Vineyard. I would love to see it not just happen over in their youth groups, um, tucked away in the corner of the church somewhere, but to have them ministering more and more. And we are open to that. We want that to happen, but we need to be able to disciple our young people more to be able to do that. So our, f- our final point, Paul prayed for Timothy. 
See, there were many times when um, Timothy became despondent, and Paul reminds him of his calling. Um, and we see one of those examples of that in the passage that we just read. So 1 Timothy 4:14, we just read this. It says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So it shows us that actually the church have been praying for Timothy. It says the body of elders laid their hands on on Timothy and they prayed for him. And actually, church, it's our job to be doing that for the youth, isn't it? It's our job to be ministering to the young people around us and to be laying hands on them, blessing them, giving them words um, and just encouraging them to stay focused on Jesus. And actually, with, with all words of prophecy, they need to take that, don't they? They need to check it against um, the Bible. Um, but it's something that they can hold on to, something that will encourage them, that will keep them focused. See, Paul picked Timothy. Paul was a, um, a spiritual parent. And Paul points Timothy to the word and to Jesus. And Paul prayed for Timothy. So I hope that today you will have seen from the brief um, look at 1 Timothy and that passage in Acts that our teenagers are important. That our teenagers are here um, and we need to use them. We need to encourage them to be the church. We need to encourage them to be the leaders of today. And in the life of the youth, today's quite significant as well because their youth pastor, Jesse, it's her final Sunday with them. Um, and as a church, we want to honor Jesse uh, for all that she has poured into the youth. We want to um, say thank you to her as well. Um, but we do need more and more people to get involved with the youth. So our vision for the youth is to disciple our youth, as Paul did to Timothy. We want to equip our youth, as Paul did for Timothy. We want to release them, as Paul did for Timothy, as teenagers. And my question to all of us here is, what will you do to support our youth? You can give financially to our Growing Family Project to help us equip that building, to kit it out, to to build the things that we need in that building for them. But we take on the greater call and become a spiritual parent. Will you become a spiritual parent to the youth? Will you pray for the youth? Will you be there for the youth when they need them? And I hope and pray that today you will have seen a glimpse of what God wants for our youth. Standing at the back is our youth. And guys, I want you to come forward. Come down the middle. Come on, guys. We stand with me as we honor our youth and Jesse, our youth pastor. Come on, guys. Come on, Cameron. Come forward. Band, if you're around and can come up, Darren. Okay, guys, just line up along the front. These guys are our church, aren't they? 
These guys are our leaders. And these guys are the people that as a church we need to be investing in. And there are many more that aren't here today. And I want to thank you for honoring the youth. And Jessie, as I said, it's her, it's her last Sunday today. And we, we honor you, Jessie, for all you've put in to the youth as well. And actually, what we're going to do as the, as the band come up, um, we're going to sing our final song. And as we do, we're going to start right now doing something for the youth. We're not going to wait, um, but the ministry team are going to pray a blessing on the youth. Maybe some of them uh, may get a word or two for them as well. Um, So while we do our final song, we're going to pray for the youth. And um, if any of the youth leaders are here, um, then want to come forward as well. If you haven't done the ministry training, um, the um, essential part two on the equip course, then you're missing out because you can't pray for the youth. So get on that course um, and join the ministry team. Linda's got some training coming up, which is going to be amazing. So do that. And then you can be praying for these guys as we release you and equip you to support our youth. Um, So we're going to sing and we're going to worship God um, while these guys all move down that end. Or should we leave them here? What should we do? What do you think, Rich? We'll leave them here and we'll pray for them here. So Dan, Mark, Rich, if you can join us in praying as well. um, And the ministry team are going to come and pray for our youth. Hey 
let heaven come let heaven come let heaven come yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen let it come oh let it come oh, let team are drawing their prayers to a close. I'm just going to read out the words that have been given to us today. So obviously there's our prayer team that prays before the service and there's a few things that they felt that God wants to deal with today. Um, So here we go. There's a lady suffering from sciatica, um, people with back and spine problems, someone who keeps getting leg cramps, someone who has enlarged pupils and vision problems, someone with mouth ulcers on the inside of their lips, someone with very dry itchy skin and they're using like an emulsion, um, 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 uh, cream at the moment and God wants to heal that. Somebody with digestive tract problems, unable to get all the nutrients from food. Somebody with wasted muscle and tendons in the lower left arm. Somebody suffering from paranoia um, and jitteriness. And also they felt there was somebody who sent a letter, um, posted a letter this week asking for forgiveness. And God says, all will be well. So if, that, if any of those kind of strike a chord of you, that's you, then please do come and get prayer. Our ministry team are busy, but they will be ready um, to pray for you over there. And if there's anything else you want prayer for, then do come forward. If you want to get involved with youth as well, come and see me and we'll have a conversation about that. 
but let me pray. Father God, I thank you for all you're doing through our youth. I thank you that you have given us so many young people that we call church. I thank you that they are the leaders of today. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to continue to honor them, to effectively disciple them, and to build them up so they will constantly look to you whatever life throws at them. And a final blessing from the book of Timothy. Timothy 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. To him be honour and might forever. Amen. Thank you, church. If you need prayer, do go over. And thank you, youth, for being amazing.